And so now you go from a place where this congregation becomes a very wide ocean to now a centralized yep. river. And we have a very focused plan in place to get to together. Okay, that looks different, right? Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and today we have a special guest and more less like a guest and more like family uh, to this podcast. Uh, but Aaron, I will let you introduce our guest and family member that's joining us. Well, you know what? Uh, and what I like about this episode is the title is not going to let them know uh, who it is. So they're, they're on pins and needles. They haven't read a title and know. But you guys do know uh, there's only one person that I talk about this way. Uh, he has been uh, probably Nils, Nils, you know, you guys are 1A, 1B. I'll let you guys arm wrestle for 1A, 1B. But favorite person to talk to uh, about all of the topics we cover here at the Social Media Church, as well as to podcast with, creating awesome audio content, also video, go over to YouTube. But, uh, and you're going to want to go over to YouTube because my guy DK is decked out fresh. He's on his day off today, so he's like, looking all well i don't know that he takes days off but um he's a he, he's wish. working from home today uh but he's decked out dk we're, we're happy to have you man and uh you know we're, we're trying to get this thing rolling in 2023 you're going to be a big part of that uh and so excited it to kick off the first one this year with you man listen i appreciate you you guys are family let's get into it let's go yeah. Let's do so, it. so DK, I would love to know for those that that don't know who you are, tell tell us a bit of background about who you are, what you do, and and that's that's going to be a long list of what you do, uh, but maybe even in relation to to this podcast and conversation, uh, yeah. give us a little bit of background on you. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so I'm DK Hammond's husband of one, father of four, uh, and in my current life, I live very I live in two intersections. I live in a theological one. I live in a technological one. Theologically, seminarily trained from Dallas Baptist University, uh, as well as Phillips Theological Seminary. I'm halfway done with that degree, which I'll probably be getting the MTH in a year or two. Um, and then technologically, I'm equally as trained in terms of that uh, Scrum Master Certification, which is a project management certification, uh, things of that nature. But what I do for a living is I'm an, I've been an IT or IT project manager or an IT manager or a customer service manager for the last 10 to 15 years. I currently serve as the IT manager uh, over systems and IT at NBC City Church located in Urban, Texas with Tim Rivers and Bastard. Uh, so that's a little bit about me, Laker fan, like through and through, not none of that half-hearted, nope, 100% LA Laker fan. Um, let's see. And I and I love serving God. I love serving his people. And I like this podcast and social audio thing a little bit too. So that's a little bit yeah. about me. Yeah, so I want to I want to talk about social audio. Let's let's start there in this conversation because you, I know you as the clubhouse guy. 
Uh, and you, you were the minute I got on Clubhouse, you it felt like you were lived on Clubhouse yeah. and owned Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts, or you know, uh, yeah, just what, what, what was your journey in Clubhouse, and what from start to finish? Because we've seen this kind of rise and but a fall with Clubhouse, and yeah. what was that journey like for you? Yeah, man. So I was an early adopter for Clubhouse. Um, and so there, there are two two versions of the story, and I'm going to try to give them both yeah. in, a, in a very small take. So a friend of mine said, well, man, you'd be great for Clubhouse. You know, you have some dope content. I was like, all right, cool. So they sent me the link. That's when you had to do it through the phone. That was pretty dope uh, to get on to, right. to Clubhouse. And when I first got on, there wasn't really anyone – who was kind of pushing the space of church and multimedia and social audio and podcasts and things of that nature. And so I use Clubhouse to one, build an audience and two, really go to a place to test my wits. That means test my sound, test anything that I could uh, there. So that was training ground for what I was wanting to build out. Uh, so I got on there, man, and it was in the pandemic. I was sitting at the crib and, you know, I had time where I could just come into these various rooms. And sometimes I would come into the rooms and not even get on stage and people would be clamoring, please come up. I was like, nope, I don't have anything much to say. I simply want to listen and enjoy the content. And so I, I would do that. And then it went from, OK, now Clubhouse has started. Now we have these certain amount of members, which I think is in the millions. Um, now let's give people uh, access to create their own spaces, real estate, right? So this is where I was yeah. one of the people that created a seminary uh, uh, space, and I created some other spaces prior to, because they was only giving it to a couple of people, mm-hmm. then they rolled it out to everybody and gave it to everybody. Yep. Um, and so now we're starting to see the level playing field. Now, if you ask my opinion, and I, you didn't ask, but I'm going to give it to you, they probably should have sold <laughs> it to Twitter or Facebook when they had the opportunity. Yep. Now they're going to be holding this in their hand. Hopefully somebody can come scoop it up and use the technology that they built. Now, the problem with that is it morphed into venture capitals list having conversations about applications that they wanted to put out to being a place that was everything but where the venture capitalists were giving out money for people's application ideas, right? And that's cool, but you still should have a place for your VCs to talk, especially openly about an idea. So that was kind of my rise and fall. And I think um, the, the the, the decline of that for me was when they had the opportunity to pay their creators who were created at a very high level and they did not want to do it. They wrote out this bogus program that, that they were like, oh, we're going to give you this kind of money. We're going to give you this kind of access. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But technically, that did not work for them. They should have wrote out a program that they were giving resources to people everybody that it all worked on the even keel. So if you watched very clearly when they didn't do that, then you had green come, you had Spotify do theirs. You had Twitter come with theirs and they were all running the feet that you could get paid 
through a tip jar, through this, totally taking this away from them when they have the opportunity. So I was like, if you're unwilling to allow me to capitalize on my intellectual property, you hear me say IP, then I'm going to go somewhere else where I can capitalize and use that to my advantage. Okay. And so that's when there was this, um, this move to move from them to Twitter spaces. And so you'll hear a term in Twitter spaces called a Twitter refugees. Well, I was a refugee Mm. on the second wave of Twitter spaces. Not the first. I won't, I will admit I was on the second wave. Um, and went over there and did the same thing there that I did in Clubhouse. But I was able to use my IP and re- and rubble that up if I wanted to make money or whatever I wanted to do on my own time. That's what I wanted to yes. do the most. And so, yes, I did live on there and I had a good time with it. Uh, but I hadn't been on there lately because I'm not necessarily impressed with some of the moves that they have done. Uh, and some of the rollouts that they had out. Now, I'm on there periodically to see who's on there to kind of listen because I do enjoy listening to people talk yep. who have great information. Um, but I struggle. It's another struggle with Clubhouse. I struggle because when they did the change of the algorithm and you couldn't really find people in the searches, that yeah. became a struggle wow. to find good quality yeah. content and information. Yes. So let's 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 talk about like how this translates because you, you caught it. It's a fascinating wave of how do you find mm-hmm. a wave that's getting ready to peak? How do you bail at the right time? How yeah, do you yeah. jump to another wave? Yeah. As, as you look at that and as you look at other trends yeah. that are potentially coming, mm-hmm. what what are some of the key lessons that you had in, question, in catching these waves? Mm, that's a good question. Now. Because I'm a tech guy, I have a trained ear and eye for when things are about to go left. And you'll see me take this nice little pivot as you go in another direction and I'm going to go a whole other one. So that that comes with a level of training because I've been in startup spaces since before I can remember in in a tech space. So I understand how... They ramp up. I understand how they build capital. I understand how all those things work. And I understand how that impacts the product. So I can see from the outside looking in and say, uh, mistake. Uh, I see what you're doing. I'm going to go over here and try something else. Um, so I think that's one way. It's just being discerning when it's yep. time to release a thing versus when it's time to just keep going. I think if I use it in a church context, sometimes we hold on to ministry opportunities for far too long when we can see very clearly that it's time to close the shop down and then move to something different or or a reiteration of that. So uh, the song in my context, it says every round goes higher and higher or the Bible talks about going from faith to faith to glory to glory. Well, this is the faith to faith. When you see it modifying and you see it making a change and you acknowledge it, then you simply acquiesce to the change and keep right on moving. So how that change impact me? 
So it, it went from Twitter spaces. And then I said to myself, and don't take this arrogantly, but this is what I said. I'm pretty dope by myself in some instances. <laughs> so let me invest in the product of me. Yeah. Sound, lighting, cameras, the whole bit. So when I am ready to push out again, this time, I, I want to impact all three facets, the social audio, yeah. the video, as well as the regular podcasting space. And I feel like, yep. as 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 I would like to call this this topic of conversation, cutting through the noise. This allows yes. me to cut better because I'm more sharper through the noise. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So how? Yeah, so when it comes to cutting through, how much is the the production quality versus the content quality, the messaging? Does that make sense? Oh, where, yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you balance that? Yeah, man. You can get on here and talk about nothing, but if you look good, you have 100 viewers. You can talk about absolutely okay. nothing. You can be in here juggling, <laughs> and people will watch you yeah. juggle with good yeah. sound quality. But if you get on here and you're, you, you're, everything is muffled, that'll be cut off yeah. to about 20. Uh, if you get on here and the, the picture quality is not good, you'll cut yourself by half. Yep. Because what, what I've learned about listeners and viewers is if the quality is not where they think it should be or what they have experienced in the past, they're unwilling to endure with you. They will go find something else to do. Yep. That's just like church people. If they yep. feel like the quality is not where it needs to be, you know what? I feel like God is leading me elsewhere. I'm going to go with God and I'm going to move with him. That's what they go do. Yep. I DK, I'm curious as we're talking about writing waves in pivots yeah, and, and, and in conversations that I'm in that for right or for wrong, this is how I've articulated it. And I think probably our audience is interested. Yeah. I also don't, well, I know you're an open book. Sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll put you, I'll put you on the spot. Sure. Um, but I, I think what's interesting, especially in the, in the space of social audio and uh, social audio is pillar content because it's not just a podcast that Tim Ross did, but he had an excellent social media strategy. He's got a great team that's helped him. Yeah. He, he himself is an excellent communicator. So, so let's just get some, some things that I'm not going to mention, but they, but they are there. Yeah. Uh, right. So let's not be confused about what's going on here. Right. And he's got the, I, I would also say he is, he is an anointed communicator. He's got the hand of God on his message. Sure. And, and there's, you know, some things that are happening there that, you know, strategy alone doesn't do yeah. not to take anything away from, from what's happening. But what I'm curious about, especially as we're talking social audio, essentially from, from my, from my vantage point. So I'm curious what you would maybe add rebut, rebut or, or change mm -hmm. uh, about what I'm about to say. It, it looks to me like a pastor left his con I don't and and left I don't want to be negative here right because I loved him uh, great pastor great dude yeah. but found seemed to have found a new congregation through social audio mm -hmm. that he's now pastoring mm -hmm. and to the point where there there had to be enough fruit there where he said hey I like I think this is my new church let me responsibly hand it off well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and obviously you're still employed at Embassy City. Mm -hmm. And from everything I've heard from you off this podcast, that transition has gone well. 
Um, but I'm curious, DK, you had a front row seat to seeing a pastor decide, hey, this social audio thing is going so well mm. and there's so much fruit here that I actually think this is my new congregation that God's calling me into. Is is that is that what what you see happen from, from your seat? No, not. So the breakdown from my seat is not necessarily a new congregation, but an emerging yeah. congregation that was that had always been walking with him. And so I think a lot of people don't see, especially those who have not been exposed to Potter's House or Gateway Church, they didn't see this. Well, I got a chance to see it and see the numbers of that. And so let me be honest and very clear that he always had that congregation riding the wave with him. That had, wow. that had never been anywhere. Now, he did not have that congregation centralized. And so now you go from a place where this congregation becomes a very wide ocean to now a centralized yep. river. And we have a very focused plan in place to get to together. Okay, that looks different, right? And so it looks like, okay, well, you got literal members here sure you do but what is your calling to the global church and if you're calling to yeah. the global church it's just not to brick and mortar it is to the people of God that looks like something totally yeah. different and to, to the outside untrained eye it looks like yes this guy just up and left why and so, so let me add to that, to give some more context. Why would a person leave yep. a paid-for church? You wouldn't. <laughs> Unless God told you that you needed to do yeah. something different. Why would a person leave a church that was growing leaps and bounds? You wouldn't. Unless God told you. And so I think that's a really good question. Because when when you are when your audiences change, so do you. Yep. And I think here's another let me add to this. We're watching pastors change based on audience. And you'll start seeing how they morph. Their clothes change, their vernaculars change, yeah. simply based on the stream getting smaller and centralized. Like, I've watched pastors go from suits to blue jean jackets. They have changed, right? And it's good. That's the same thing that applies here. And, I would, and, I, and I'll end with this. And we need to give leaders, pastors, executives, whatever level you are, we need to give them opportunities to evolve as, as God needs to evolve them. Tim's... Tim's Tim is an apostle, if you believe in apostles. I believe in apostles. Tim is an apostle. So apostles are not necessarily called to just one locale. They are called to establish a thing and then go establish more things. And we have to give those who are called that type of land. So sorry for the long answer, but that's what it is. 
No, no, it's a good, it's a good long answer. And I'm actually curious, Nils, if you, if you have uh, more questions on that, but I appreciate DK. I I know you, you know, we have a relationship outside of this podcast. I know you've had a front row seat. I've been asking you about these things for a long time. I think it's important that we uh, leverage this platform to maybe uh, bring clarity uh, to areas that not everybody has the luxury of of having clarity around. Mm -hmm. And I am, I am such a Tim Ross fan. And I am such a fan of how he, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, left uh, Embassy City um, because the the staff are the real people that are going to tell you the story on, on how that transition. Yeah, went. sure. And DK, you you have you have said nothing but the best stuff, mm-hmm. and and really it was a multiplication move uh, mm-hmm. because Embassy City uh, went to strength, and mm-hmm. Tim uh, is able to do more of what uh, God has called him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it, it, it's an interesting move that we would not have been able to see or there wouldn't have been opportunity to do even like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Nils, I, I'm curious if, if you have questions on that, but I'm, I'm just curious maybe what the learnings are uh, as well, DK. But Yeah, there's a lot of learnings um, that I'll gladly give. Y'all might want to put this behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't get this away. Um, there's a lot of learnings. That you learn through transition when you are, you know, front row seat with it. Number one, you learn what kind of people you're really working alongside. Uh, and some people can handle transition well and others did not, right? Uh, will not. Yep. And in this case, we had a process by which in the entire staff handled transition and how we processed it and, and then how I manage people and how they processed it and things of that nature. So we had that going. And then we have outside conversation that we can talk directly to Tim about, Tim and his wife, Juliet, about this transition yep. uh, and how that impacts them. Um, and equally, we were all supportive of that. Um, it's, and it's not like it was something that was not obvious. Like if you look at the social trends, even before, even while he was pastoring the church, things just really went really up really fast. Um, just because he took his voice and he recorded it. Now, mind you, I think people don't understand that Tim Ross is actually a battle rapper as well. People don't know that. Like, so he took his voice. I didn't know that. And really packaged it differently and recorded it in a different way for people to understand it the way that they understand it. And it worked. And it's working. Yep. Right? And so I think, you know, kudos to how he transitioned, kudos to the current leader, Tim Rivers, being there now and how he accepted that uh, as God was leading Ross to to do this. And for us, Ross is the overseeing pastor, you know, uh, so he's still around. We still see him. I still talk to him. You know, those types of things. He didn't disappear off the face of the earth. He's still there. But. He found a way to evolve. And so he's not the only pastor that's right now evolving in this manner. They just, we no. if we're honest, we just couldn't find out how it would pay the rent or mortgage at the end of the day. And that's what we really wanted to know. And then when we found that out, we were more likely to say, you know what? I probably could take a step of faith this direction and leave a voice 
that people can always go back to. So in, in certain contexts, you have uh, G.E. Patterson or you have other faith leaders whose voice that we heard younger, but we don't hear anymore. Well, guess what? Tim Ross won't have that problem because people will be listening to him for years to come, right? And not just locally, but again, globally. And so those who have that global ministry, the Jakeses, the Robert Morris, that have that type of reach, they're going to be able to step over here and still do the same thing three or four times over, and it still has the same level of impact. So I think here's, the, here's if, we could, if we make it in a very smaller way, it is the equivalent of a pastor making a transition to an evangelist. There's no different. Or an apostle. There's no different. We're just simply changing the way that we operate a little bit. I with the the word the word that you you spoke there that that I think is so uh, and I'm gonna just wrap up this podcast. We're gonna have many more conversations <laughs> and out of this conversation. Sure. But the word that I heard that I think I I think we all need to just sit on is evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what yeah. what 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 was done well and and what really is leading to successes. The, the leader is evolving. Mm-hmm. The organization is evolving. The church mm-hmm. is evolving. Mm-hmm. The um, We have to evolve. And, and I think I'm going back to even the beginning of our conversation. What you did uh, with Clubhouse is you evolved. And I think the mistake that so many churches make over and over and over again, now this is social media and this is everything else, Absolutely. of we get locked in on MySpace. We get locked in on Facebook. We get locked in on our building. We get locked in. Mm-hmm. on whatever it might be. And the reality is if we're not evolving, we get left yeah. behind. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And part of that evolving is listening to God. Mm-hmm. Part of that evolving is getting trained and educated on technology yes. and, and what's coming. Mm-hmm. Part of that evolving is having a, I love DK, your background with theology is like having a, a solid yeah. theological foundation to even know. I mean, so much of theology is understanding history Correct. of what happened biblically mm-hmm. to learn yes. from those lessons mm-hmm. so that we don't make the same mistake Correct. that, Correct. you know, people did 2000, 3000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to evolve as leaders. And so I think yes. if you take away nothing else uh, out of this podcast, cause I feel like there were about 227 nuggets uh, you could take away uh, from Easily. this conversation. It's, are you effectively evolving? Uh, right. And I think that's uh, that's it. I mean, I think that's the takeaway. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw another one. I'll throw another one in there too. Nils is uh, DK pointed out as well. Like, and and this is why this is why DK is going to be uh, you know why we're so excited to record more content with him. Uh, is the platform evolving? Yeah. Right. Like like there's there's your own personal leadership, but then there's also being able to discern like, mm-hmm. no, this this platform, it's not going to house me mm-hmm. after this. Right. Yeah. Like it's not going to house me in the next two weeks. And so uh, that's that's all. That's partly the education piece that you're talking about. Nils, like yes. we need to evolve at being able to discern that. Mm-hmm. But also like let us let us be your guide <laughs> to, totally. to understand. Like, and I think know EK is uniquely talented. Well, I don't I mean, I can't yes. discern you know, some of those tech things. Right. And so, uh, nor do I think you as a church leader should be investing, uh, a disproportionate number of hours, figuring that out. 
Please come to me. I'll help you with that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. So let me add to this. A couple of things. Um, So so here's a a tech term. I'm going to make it theological. We're going to jump out because I'm watching time as well. So and being a scrum master, we, we have what's called product logs. And product logs come from the product owner. They are creating the narrative and story or the items that need to be taken care of on a day-to-day basis. And when you get that product log, then you're able to go on a two-week sprint to see what you need to build, what can you build, how can you build it, et cetera, right? And so even when I think biblically, I think the Bible talks about that God would send us out and he would give us resources to do the long sprint. And things may change based on the first instruction, but don't forget that first instruction. That is very vital and pivotal. And he will give you power to endure and be sustained through those modifications and changes that you may endure. And then when you come back, you can look at all the various things that God has done throughout this sprint of life, this rhythm of life, right? And so I think when we're thinking biblically, Jesus had did it with his disciples, Right. I have to go away. And when I come, you know, go away, this, that and the third. Let me go pray. This, that and the third. So all of these things are setting us up and we have to always make room for evolution, whether it be in church or outside within the marketplace. If we are called to it, that's other piece. Like if you're not called to it, don't worry about it. Do what you do well. But if you feel the push and the nudging of the Holy Spirit, on your life, then launch out into the deep. That's it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's continue uh, this conversation, DK. We can't wait for more conversations, uh, and glad to have you as a part of uh, this this podcast family uh, and all the wisdom uh, that, that you have shared. And and we're uh, excited that we'll continue to share. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will talk to you again on the next episode.